Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, keeper of the noodles. <laughs> I am Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Lord of the Spam Sandwich. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Storm of Swords, Samwell One, and uh, we're going to try out some rotating titles, folks. Uh, it's funny that we Each didn't week. know. Yeah, we didn't know we were going to say, and we both went with food. Yeah, I feel like food is the way to go, man. I was actually, I, you see, you put me on the spot because right before we hit the intro, we actually, well, we did a couple joke ones. Uh, and then Jimmy was like, I think we should actually do rotating ones. So literally like, you know, I don't know how many seconds we're at now, but less than maybe 60 seconds ago, as I'm saying this, Jimmy was like, let's do it. So I just had to do it on the fly. I was going to say like, keep, I don't know, king of the noodles or cup of noodles. I don't know. I mean, noodles are fantastic. And I think it's appropriate that we picked food because we got our boy Sam who loves himself a good helping of a bowl of brown. Yeah. Hey, what was the, what did you say? You're the spam sandwich. I'm the Lord of the spam sandwich. I don't know. Lord of the spam sandwich. Yeah. So spam's pretty good. It's been a long time since I've had it. Um, I do love it though. Like fried spam sandwiches. I'm down all day. Honestly, I know it's it. When the first time I ever had spam, I was like, I don't know. Cause I had, I never, I didn't have spam until I was like 27. Cause I was always like, I don't know, man, that sounds gross. But then I had it and I was like, this isn't half bad. So I was poor. So spam was a, <laughs> a menu item every week and I, and I ate it and I didn't even know other people didn't eat it until my one friend who coincidentally happens to be pretty wealthy and he came from a wealthy family came over in high school. I'm like, we're having spam sandwich night. He's like, what is spam? Isn't that like an email <laughs> thing? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Try it out. And he ate it and it became like a delicacy for him. Like he would, be, he would like introduce spam to other recipes as we went through our twenties and stuff. And still to this day, my struggle is his is his uh fun time you know i i think every time i eat a yeah. sandwich i just think about like how bad christmas was you know <laughs> it's like part of the... <laughs> we see i i eat a lot of i eat a lot of bologna growing up yeah and bologna yeah. is just spam's better cousin really B bologna is like if you want spam but also like pancakes <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like it's like the flat it's like flat. <laughs> yeah tonight we're gonna have our spam a la crepe you know <laughs> it's essentially a meat cake okay that's that's basically yeah. what we're talking about but every every once in a while you know i i do get a hankering man to make like a fried bologna sandwich with like american cheese you know that craft single that's just mm -hmm. pure rubber Oh yeah, everything on that sandwich is is a carcinogen. There's no Absolutely. chance it's not. 100%, yeah, no I know we have a lot of listeners around the world, and they are probably like, "Oh my god, those Americans are just eating. <laughs> what are they eating?" Let me tell you what we're eating: freedom. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what we. Right. That's, that's what we. Eat. Okay. Just killing ourselves one bite at a time. Brought to you by Kraft. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. Just eating fried bologna sandwiches for lunch after I had a bowl of Captain Crunch for, you know, oh. for breakfast, otherwise oh. known as, you know, sugar, you know, razor sharp sugar that you can eat, you know, just like yeah, cut through your, your mouth gum. right in your bloodstream and you're just like mm -hmm. fired up, ready to go. Oh, oh yeah. That sugar is just pumping right into your veins. I love it. I mean, that that is one of my favorite parts of my childhood is just like watching Pokemon before school and eating Captain Crunch. That was Saturday morning, Saturday morning cartoons. What? You know, see, that's why. Right. That's, the, you know, right there, Jimmy, you just brought up a good thing. A good point. What do we have to do? You and I are you and I are talking one piece. You know, I started an anime channel. You've been talking on your other channel. 
and and I, I'm having so much fun watching it because it's kind of reminding me of like, oh yeah, you know, watching cartoons when I Definitely. grew up. So like obviously anime is you know, a little bit different, but my God, a Game of Thrones anime. And I, there have been people that have done like, they, there are people that have done uh, like what they think it would look like, like opening videos, like in mock wow. videos and stuff. And a, a really good Game of Thrones anime would be freaking phenomenal. And, and here's the thing, because uh, I know that, you know, we have a lot of show listeners here on Bend the Knee, and they probably aren't super into animation for adult cartoons. However, the beautiful thing about an adaptation is that it could be 100% true to the book to scale, right? Animation is mm -hmm. actually very expensive to do. That's one thing people don't realize. They think it's a cheaper option. It's actually, on average, a little bit more expensive depending on the, the, um, the production. However, uh, there's no question of, well, can we build the veil uh, 6,000 stories high for this set we're going to use for one shot, right? You don't have to worry about that stuff in animation. So a lot of the art could fulfill what we think about whenever we read the books, which I think is really cool because there's a big difference between what we got in the show and then what we have in the books as far as setting and scale and epicness. Now, they did a great job in the television show. Don't get me wrong. The settings are incredible. But if you watch the show after doing a reread, you're like, man, the veil is supposed to be even bigger. Like it's supposed to in Winterfell is, is totally different, right? Like it, it is essentially a massive city with tons of people in it. So uh, it's just one of those things where it, even if you're not super into animation, uh, one animation has gotten really, really good over it's got, the yeah. last 10 years. It's, it's crazy. The Castlevania series on Netflix is phenomenal. It's pure. They did graphic. a, uh, they so did good. a, I, they did one and I believe they have some more coming down the line. They did a Witcher anime. It was just like a kind of like a movie. It was like a little over an hour. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. It was really good. So, yeah, I mean, more and more, I would say that one animation is becoming much easier to do. Uh, and two, I would say that our generation, uh, once we enter, you know, once we become the boomers, I guess, boomers. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's. I feel like boomers is going to become the thing. Like once you hit 50, you just are a boomer now. Oh, I can you know, like yeah, it's it's no longer going to be like, well, that generation is boomers because they're the baby boomers. boomers a frame like of you'll mind. Just become, yeah. So once we become the boomers, then, you know, by that point, like we'll all we'll have all grown up more with animation and anime. So I, I would say that I actually would not count out that we don't ever see a Game of Thrones anime at some point. Yeah, and, and to be clear, I still prefer any new adaptations to be live action, like Duncan Egg, for Absolutely. instance. Absolutely. But this would be a supplement, right? This could be a reprieve from what we got in the last few seasons. And, and, and it's not the main thing. So, like, it's just there if you want it kind of deal. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's mm -hmm. not the only adaptation. So I would love to see that. I think it would be amazing. Uh, and with the animation style of something like Castlevania or Attack on Titan, I think it would be fantastic. Right. I'd love it. Well, there's been some fantasy things that have been done in animation, not necessarily anime, like the Japanese style of it. But let me tell you, I love the old Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, yeah. The old old animated Lord of the Rings where Frodo's like, we're the deuces Gandalf. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's ridiculous. I'm always asking myself, where the deuces Gandalf? Where the deuces Gandalf at? He's man. always Get in that cereal aisle, just getting I Captain know. Crunch. I know he arrives exactly when he wants to after he's had some spam. So <laughs> fireworks and spam, a hobbit's treasure. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying you never know. I'd be down for, it. I think game of Thrones would look amazing in anime. 
Yeah, with a good animation style and, you know, the score. I mean, they could even reuse the show score. I'd be down with that because it's so damn good. But, uh, you know, maybe down the road, we'll see it. And yeah. we could, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe we get wins a winner. One of the things Warner Brothers is actually really good at is animation. I mean, what they the st- like things they're good at. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> where like where like they actually like aren't great at DC live action movies, but the DC animated stuff is freaking like you typically across the board amazing. Yeah. So that could that could definitely be something. I, I could see there being outcries from the fandom once, you know, uh Wins a Winner gets released. It's the most viral book release since whatever the last twilight book was or whatever you know and yeah harry potter whatever it is and there's a push for like hey we'd like to see this adapt and warner brothers looks and it's like well what could we do and who knows maybe we get a wins a winner movie or something like i i don't know i i'm just spitballing at this point but we do have some good news matt yeah i'm i'm wondering strike yeah okay yeah writer strike right yeah the writer strike is over it is I think it's tentative, right? Like they've come to it's preliminary ten, yeah. discussion, but it it's does over. seem that it's, it's over. yeah, it does seem like it's over, and that is great news. Uh, I don't think it was going to affect House of the Dragon all that much, but still, that means that these other shows that we've been talking about that might come out in like a 2025, 2026, like Dunkin Egg, or at least start the process, uh, they can they can start they can start writing. So it's awesome. I guess actually, I was seeing that one of the issues with the writer strike is even for things that are done and are coming out, they aren't able to do like press tours. Oh yeah, that's why Dune got pushed back. Yeah, and so even things that are still in the works, like they might be holding back or like they may not do as well because of uh, they can't they don't do a press tour for it. Yeah, yeah, I think that absolutely had something to do with the reason why Dune two was pushed. Um, which I'm very, very excited for. And I think House of the Dragon probably benefits from having those press tours uh, and definitely having the writers uh, there if they're going to do any reshoots, which are pretty likely, like they reshoot all the time uh, for stuff. So who knows? But either way, it's good news. Uh, The people who bring us some of the best stories uh, that we love uh, are getting paid and I'm down with it. So yeah, um, by the way, uh, a little House of the Dragon is and I'll get this pulled up here. Oh, we sort of have a, right. I don't know, it's, it's coming across multiple uh, sorts here that we, this t- actor, Tom Taylor uh, is his name, who I'm really unfamiliar with. I guess he was in The Last it's Kingdom. Tom the Toolman Taylor. It's actually Tim Tom Allen's the Toolman Taylor yeah. is going to be our Craig and Stark. Not what I was envisioning, but they've been so good with the casting that I'm like, okay, well, I just got to wait and see it. That is the only thing that's keeping me from being like really <laughs> not into this. Uh, I am not for those who can't see. I mean, this is a very clean shaven guy, uh, which they can change or whatever. But the thing is, it just looks too young for me. Um, yeah, it, it's, it, some of the age stuff in House of the Dragon, I will say, is a little weird. Like uh, the actor, a younger Ewan, show. Ewan, isn't it Ewan Mitchell? Is that his name who plays? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I mean, he just looks way older than the guy who plays Aegon. Yeah, and that's that's the I don't know. I will say if there's a critique about the casting, I think you could make that critique. Now, with that said, the technically they should be younger. But if you actually if you look at all the pictures, all the fantasy art that's in like the world of ice fire, Aegon looks like he's like 35. Well, but he's supposed to be about, like 21. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, think about Eddard Stark in Game of Thrones team. She played by Sean Bean, who was pushing in his 50s and 60s. He's supposed to be 30, well, 35 years old. 
So yeah, I mean, I that's that's almost always the case. Yeah, TVs are almost. Yeah, they always. That's I mean, every everything that ever has like teenagers in it, they're always like in their like early twenties. Yeah, and now that I'm like past my early twenties, I can tell, and it ruins it for me. I'm like yeah, that person. Does, yeah. That person has a student loan. Get them off the screen. They're not in high school. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't understand me, Mary. Like, shut up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't like this casting very much. However, I don't know anything about his talent and his abilities. Uh, they have done a great job picking people who, if even if the age is off, the performances have been stellar, in my opinion. Uh, definitely some Emmy snubs uh, this past year. But hey, if he can deliver the lines and they can dress him up a bit, maybe make him look at just a little bit rough around the edges, uh, I will eat crow. But my gut reaction is, and man, I'm always positive. You know me. Uh, I try to fence ride as much as possible but i my gut feeling is i don't like the casting yeah he's so he yeah so he's 22 years old now um if you remember rainier did say that he actually that Craigan was a little bit closer to uh jace's age which i don't you know doesn't seem like the case and actually in the in fire and blood and the world of ice and fire um but i think it's kind of an okay thing to do here the other thing you have to remember is by the time we get him in the hour of the wolf he's going to be like closer to 30. Well, we think so. They might not. Well, you know what I'm saying? You know, we, they, they might not do the hour of the wolf and no, they might the do the hour of the wolf, but they might not pass that much time. Well, no, what I'm saying, no, I'm saying the actor will look, will be 30. <laughs> oh, because it's going to take like, it's going to take like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so okay, so obviously, so like they dumb. just, you know what I mean? Like they're gonna like film yeah, it, and then it's gonna yeah. be two years, and they're gonna film it again, and then two years. So I he's mean, gonna he's have gonna a mortgage. Like, yeah, he's gonna be, yeah, he's gonna be like twenty seven, twenty eight by the time that we that he's filmed You're doing so the, right. like the hour of the wolf. Yeah, and hey, you know what? That's very likely, maybe a possibility. They said, well, why he's they gonna, we want yeah, he'll young. age in this time frame, and it'll look good. Maybe that's why they went with someone younger. Yeah, so maybe yeah, that could be. And Craig and Stark probably won't have isn't gonna have the big of a role this next season yeah we've made a big deal about it but it really it's all about presence that, that's what i'll say it's about presence yeah and i will yeah, give you need, um, to, you need to introduce him this season maybe have like something at the beginning which i think it is going to be opening at winterfell where we meet him really we don't really he honestly he doesn't do that much until sort of like the war actually kicks off and then obviously super important at the end but yeah. it's like season three and season four is where he'll be much more prevalent. Yes. So what we can compare this to in season one is Boros Baratheon and Boros at the very first glance of him on the screen. I'd never seen his casting photo, by the way, just on screen. I was like, oh, it kind of looks like a Baratheon. And then he spoke and I said, oh, that's a Baratheon boy right there. So it's about presence on the screen. It's about delivering the lines. And if if this guy can be on the screen and make me feel like I'm in Winterfell talking to a Stark. I will uh, give him the thumbs up, but uh, I just wish he wasn't so baby faced. That's all. Yeah. I would say his, his main role, I would say the thing he's probably most known for was he was in dark tower, the dark tower movie. Oh, terrible movie. No, that's, that's what Horror. he was in. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I had it had Matthew McConaughey in it as well. And Idris. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's in. Let's see here. He is in The Last Kingdom. But he was only like one episode of it. I like that show. He was. Yeah. So he's only he's really only been in a couple episodes of things. Yeah, um, shows I've shows I've never heard of us close to me. The uh, the Bay Legends. I'm, I'm 
kind of unfamiliar with a lot of a wait lot the of bay things. the movie uh no the bay is a okay itv crime drama i don't even know what itv is it's like a so- uk sounds riveting thing. yeah so it's like a lot of like just british that's fine like him being uh, unknown doesn't really bother me and honestly there was good actors involved in the dark tower movie it just wasn't a good movie so well yeah i mean uh, idris elba is in it i mean yeah no matthew mcconaughey it's what, it, what do we have to, what do we have to do to get idris elba in game of thrones i don't know i've been asking this question for years matt i mean it i mean you know the they they went they went with making the Valerians all you know more like darker skinned actors. I mean, pff, sounds to me like we could get Idris Elba as a as a Valerian. That'd be down. I would be uh, so. <laughs> Idris Elba would be a sick Valerian. I, and he's worked with Warner Brothers in HBO before. He he's in the he's in the yeah. Contact book. Yeah. Come on now, let's let's spend a little money. Yeah, let's get it going. So. All right. Well, that's it kind of for the news uh, here, but it's kind of good. We're getting some, we're getting some more house, house of the dragon stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a changing of the season, Matt. Like we're rolling here into fall and uh, I'll be honest. I am not ready for summer to be over, but the one saving grace is that I feel like there's always exciting news like towards the end of the year because people are trying to drum up interest, probably to push, or stock prices before the fiscal year is over. But uh, either way, you know, it's exciting time and there's nothing like jumping back into a song of ice and fire when it's a little bit cold outside. I pour myself some of that night's watch whiskey I have. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I get lost with old Samwell up there in the snow. I'd be faring just about as well as him, by the way. Uh, oh yeah. This morning. So today's like my Saturday. Uh, Cause it's uh Tuesday and I work, I work on the weekends, but so it's like, it's, it's, it's Portland and here in Portland. And we just started our basically two seasons. We have fall and summer essentially um, where it's like, you know, it's wet, rainy. Okay. We walked, walked my dog cheddar over to Starbucks so she could get a pup cup. Right. And it's, I love the, the rain's going and he's, it's time to start splitting wood again. I usually listen to like, game i actually usually listen to like game of thrones soundtrack when i'm splitting wood i just love it just, just pretending it's someone's head yep yeah pretty much <laughs> uh and uh you know got myself my little pump got it worked over to starbucks got a pumpkin spice latte cheddar got a pup cup they don't make pumpkin spice pup cups i don't know why but they should and i was listening to the chapter today ah it's just in the zone love to see it love to see it there are some perks uh to the changing of the seasons uh i'm on the east coast so i'm just waiting for it to be really cold and and miserable you are in Uh, the south uh, whatever (laughs) whatever it's not not really maryland is in it is technic by technicality is in the south jimmy you can't it's just the way listen i've been to the south this ain't the south all right (laughs) okay well it is it is anywho your boys from west virginia i that's that is more south than where I, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we're not south in today's chapter. We're okay? up north. We, we are up north. Land of the free folk. Oh, land of land of the free and home to the others, because that's what we see today. And we see a lot of distinction between the whites and the others as well. So that's something that, that gets reinforced very well in this chapter. Yeah, so here we go. Samwell won, by the way. The first Sam chapter. I mean, this is a this is just as big of an importance as you know the other first chapter we get in this new POV. We get that first Jamie chapter. Now we get the first Sam chapter, giving us a totally different perspective mm-hmm. of the 
the wall and the north. The really only other person we get is Tyrion when he's up there for like two chapters. Uh, you get sort of like his perception of him peeing the Night's the Watch. Yeah, but that's really it. So now we get jump into a new character, Sam. So Sam and the few survivors from the fist of the first men are running south in the middle of the night with a heavy snow falling. They are ringed by men with torches to keep the whites away. But Sam is beginning to lag and is near exhaustion. He eventually falls in the snow and cannot get back on his feet. He recalls the horror that occurred at the fist when the whites fell on the night's watch. Mormont had commanded him to send ravens with warning and Sam kept sending them with updates. But when it came time to send a raven with word that their end was near, Sam had already let the birds escape. The watch held the fist at first using fire arrows to hold back the whites, but the dead were relentless and eventually overpowered the watch men dying by the score. Mormont had the survivors mount up and form a wedge slashing past the whites and down off the fist into the forest. Now they are running for the wall pursued by the whites and perhaps the others. Gren tries to get Sam on his feet, but the fat steward is too tired. Finally, small Paul arrives and carries Sam, but the three of them have fallen far behind the survivors with their torches and the cold sets in upon an undead horse and other appears from the swirling snow that that being um, that the being kills small Paul with its ice sword, but Sam stabs the other with the dragon glass dagger that John gave him. The dagger causes the other to melt away body and armor before Sam and Gren's eyes. Gren retrieves the icy cold obsidian dagger, and they once again run off to try and catch up with the other survivors. The other survivors. Survivors. All right. Um, I, I was mm. making, uh, I was kind of acting out the emotions of the scene as you read it for the visual listeners uh, out mm -hmm. there, or I guess visual viewers. Is that redundant? Mm -hmm. That's redundant. Uh, but sometimes you post these on YouTube, and I'm just sitting here like staring at the camera, like. So I was like, I'm gonna. No, that's you. true. Yeah, I have drama. I've been posting them on YouTube. They don't get that many views, so I might stop doing it. I was like, two, uh, last week, I was like, I'm going to post it every week, and now they get like five views. So I was like, okay, well, I guess you guys actually just want clips over there. So I don't I mean, know. We'll, we are an audio videos. first. That's deal. true. So, yeah, it, it makes so, sense. So, yeah. But let me say, it ain't over, okay, until the fat boy swings an obsidian dagger. Okay? Let's go. Because I that's like I was what... <laughs> reading a John Cena chapter. Never give up. <laughs> okay. Because that's what, that's what basically happens in this chapter. Okay. Sam the Slayer. This is where legends are born in this chapter. Okay. This is an underrated chapter. I think this is a top five chapter in the whole series. It is so important because it drives home the fact that this gets labeled by a lot of people as a nihilistic series, and it's not. It is a series that goes into very dark places, but George is still telling a hopeful heroic story here. It is a heroic fantasy. The heroes just happen to be flawed and also people that you would never expect. And Sam does something very important in this chapter, and that's that he keeps moving. He keeps taking the next step and he provides hope, not just for himself, but hopes for the readers knowing that this big existential threat is coming. How would, no one's paying attention to it, but Sam in his just sliver of bravery gives us hope that there is an answer to these others who are just massacring the night's watch. So it's a really important chapter for Sam's character, but it's also important to tell the readers, Hey, there are some countermeasures that are going to happen. Yeah, and you know, one of the things I love about this chapter, Jimmy, is 
George continuously, but as he's saying, Sam did this, Sam did that, Sam did this, Sam did that. It's always sobbing. Sam took another step. Sobbing. Sam, uh, let me see. There's another one here, right? Sobbing. Sam took another step. Like he keeps mm. using that line throughout. And it's like, Sam is scared. He is tired. It's cold, but he keeps taking another step. Sometimes that's all you got to do to stay alive. Yeah. This There's a, been many a, a days, Matt, where I didn't think I was going to take the next step. <laughs> like, this might be it. But <laughs> My watch may have ended. No, Sam keeps going here. So here we go. So sobbing, Sam took another step. This is the last one, the very last. I can't go on. I can't. But his feet moved again, one and then the other. I love that George specifically uses one and then the other. You know, it's just that's a very George thing to do. Uh, they took a step and then another. He, he thought, they're not my feet. They're someone else's. Someone else is walking. It can't be me. Well, by the way, is, could he be influenced by somebody later on? That's one of the things I want to do. And that's when we finish this whole review oh. and we, when we finish the whole series, you know, but this is like maybe in 40 years, 2030. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when we get dream of spring and whatever, and uh, winds of winter, I would love to go back and I'm sure, you know, the superhero people over at the reread Reddit, uh, the subreddit will, will do this too, is go back and look at every moment that, brand could be influencing somebody at like along along the way and like this could be one of those moments so you think sam collapses possibly if not for brand maybe giving him the little nudge no i'm not i'm not i, I mean it, it's probably just sam but i think that there probably are moments in yeah. this series that at the end we can go back and look because right now, right now, we do, right now, Bran hasn't taken the steps he like took in the show that I think he will take in the books to like to become the three eyed crow. And, uh, but I do think that there are probably moments that are influenced that we don't know yet that were influenced moments. It's certainly worth considering every time we come across something like this where characters almost have that display of going against their normal like person. Or something or something happens where they're like, how did that just, you know, like, I don't know how, but this I did this. Yes. Could just be. Yeah. But I think I think this chapter is, you know, it's probably just Sam. Um, so continuing on here. So when he looked down, he could see the stumbling through the snow, shapeless things and clumsy. His boots had been black. He seemed to remember, but the snow had caked around them. And now they were misshapen white balls, like two club feet made of ice. It would not stop the snow. The drifts were up past his knees and a crust covered his lower legs like a pair of white greaves. His steps were dragging, lurching. The heavy pack he carried made him look like a monstrous hunchback. Uh, and he was tired, so tired. I can't go on. Mother have mercy, I can't. Every fourth or fifth step, he had to reach down and tug his sword belt. He had lost the sword on the fist, but the scabbard still weighed down the belt. He did have two knives, the dragon glass dagger John had given him, and the steel one he cut his meat with. All that uh, weight dragged heavy, and his belly was so big and round that if he forgot to tug the belt, it slipped right off and tangled around his ankles, no matter how tight he cinched it. He had tried uh, belting it above his belly once, but then it came down and came almost to his armpits. Gren had laughed himself sick at the sight of it. And Dolores Eddie said, I knew a man's one. I knew a man once who wore his sword on a chain around his neck like that. One day he stumbled and the hilt went up his nose. 
So Sam was stumbling himself. There were rocks beneath the snow and the roots of the trees and sometimes deep holes in the frozen ground. Black Benner had stepped in stepped in one and broken his ankle three days past or maybe before he did not know how long it had been truly the lord commander had put benner on his horse after that sobbing sam took another step it felt more like he was falling down than walking falling endlessly but never hitting the ground just falling forward and forward i have to stop it hurts too much i'm so cold and tired i need to sleep just a little sleep beside a fire and a bite to eat that isn't frozen but if he stopped he died he knew that a lot of uh, repetition, right? With the sobbing, taking another step. George uses this to great effect. Um, it's funny. Uh, there are some people out there who would say that you do not want to repeat yourself when you write. And this is kind of breaking that rule and using it for, for your own device. And I, I, I love it. I actually, I actually love repetition in writing. I think it's a good thing. Um, yeah. Sam is a, a down a bad very, very bad. Uh, also, it is known that whenever you are freezing to death, that some people will like fall asleep essentially because um, they feel like their body is trying to like conserve energy or heat. So it'll just shut down. But there's also uh, the feeling of whenever you're freezing to death that you uh, basically get like a burst of energy and you actually end up taking off your clothes. You feel warmer without your clothes for some reason. So they'll find people who have been stranded on like frozen mountains who are clothesless and they're like, why? And it's just something right. people do. Uh, but Sam is having the opposite effect of that. He, he is wanting to, you know, lay down and take a little nap ski. Yeah, he, he, he well, he's not bad. a good idea. Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. But if he stopped, he died. He knew that they all knew that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. And I think that, like you said, the repetition here is great because but he's you know, you're going you're in the mind of somebody who is, mm -hmm. you know, walking. I mean, I, we've all been there before, not freezing to death but you've all been in moments where you're just like you know you're so tired and you're doing something and you're just like i just gotta keep going i just gotta keep doing this you know but mm -hmm. yeah i mean so it's and you're just you're just focusing on like one thing and you just gotta keep going keep pushing through and keep driving yeah tunnel vision yep yeah and that's that's what we got here so um it kind of continues on here with a lot of that same stuff and george is just doing a great job at explaining exactly what's going on um, you know, as, as he's walking here, like in the cold was still with him, his feet, especially he couldn't even feel them, you know, and then he talks about like, you know, how much it hurt every step he made one, every step made uh, him want to scream, you know, was that yesterday? He can't remember. He had not slept since the fist. So, I mean, they've been like walking for a while here trying to escape, you know, the others that are still like coming after them. Yeah. And, and, you know, and all the while getting the explanation of exactly what happened and you realize just how like torn down this crew is and people are dropping. And there's also a mention of like Mormont's like circle, basically like, don't fall mm -hmm. outside of the circle or like, you know, what happens and they're picking us off one by one. Uh, like these, these are basically like wounded animals running away from a predator. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's 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 done so well. And this is one of those chapters that's just way better than what we get in the show. Way Agreed. better. I remember this I mean, scene like, in the show even actually. Like I remember it yeah. very well, which I I struggle like outside of the famous scenes. I I struggle to remember a lot of the scenes. Um but this is when I remember it and I did think today when I was rereading this. I was like I like this a bit more than what they gave us in the show. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is way better. Um continuing on here, then Sam starts to think uh you know 
If only I was stronger. He wasn't, though, and it was no good uh, wishing. Sam was weak and fat and very fat. He could hardly bear his own weight. The mail was too much for him. It felt as though it was rubbing his shoulders raw, despite the layers of cloth and quilt beneath the steel and skin. The only thing he could do was cry, and when he cried, the, fear, the tears froze on his cheeks. Sobbing, he took another step. Uh, you know, George continues doing that. And another thing he's doing here, which I really like, because we know how this ends, is they're really setting it up to be like Sam is the last person you would ever imagine to kill a White Walker. I and I don't think that his heroic <laughs> deeds are done yet. I'm yeah. I'm firmly on the side that I think he's going to be the one to kill Euron Crow's Eye. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I yeah he's he's going to be doing something. I think mm -hmm. of, of vast importance in the end of the end of the series. Uh, we also get here. There's some kind of, there's actually a little bit of stuff here. Um, that's kind of interesting with the gods because here you have him thinking about fire. Right. And so he actually, this is actually one of the, a, a few chapters we actually do see in this. If, another chapter that's in a way kind of similar to this one is if you go back a while to the Davos chapter, remember Davos is stranded on the rocks after the Battle of the Blackwater, and he's like just fighting to survive. Kind yeah, of a, very similar. Very similar. And you know what else Davos is doing in that chapter? He's praying to the gods. And we talked about like who was Davos, like was it a miracle? Right. Davos is praying to the gods to save him. Mm. He's praying. I believe, I, I, I'll go back and I'll pull it up. No, I he is. He might, yeah. Is he praying, to, is he, is he, and is he praying to the seven, right? Is he's it, praying he to the seven. Yeah, does he is he saying mother have mercy? Because Sam's doing the same thing here. And if the new gods actually save Sam. Man, I would like to know. I would love to know. Because that's something similar here. So Sam is thinking too here. Um, he's he's he wanted the fire, dreamed of the fire. If I had oh. the fire, I would not be cold. But someone reminded him that he had a torch at the start, but he dropped it in the snow and snuffed the fire out. Sam didn't remember dropping the torch, but he supposed it was true. He was too weak to hold his arm up for long. Was it Ed who reminded him or Gren? He couldn't remember that either. Fat and weak and useless. Even my wits are freezing now. But he took he took another step. I love that too. Cause in another way, you know, when George is saying he took another step here in some ways, it is physically another step. It is, it is Sam physically taking another step as he's walking, but metaphorically it is Sam taking another step forward in his journey and his personality and him actually, you know, becoming stronger and like not the old, like, you know, weak, frail person who actually showed up at the watch. I mean, after this, Sam is, has take quite literally taken another step. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's figuratively and literally uh, done here. Uh, I got, I pulled up Davos one, bro. Listen to is, this. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. In his dreams, the river was still aflame and demons danced upon the waters with fiery whips in their hands while men blackened and burned beneath the lash. Mother, have mercy, Davos prayed. Save me, gentle mother. Save us all. My luck is gone and my son. He was weeping freely now, salt tears streaming down his cheeks. The fire took it all, took it all. It was her, Davos cried. Mother, don't forsake us. It was her who burned you. The red woman, Melisandre, her. And uh, he's imagining uh, Melisandre here. And yeah, and then says, uh, you rode beneath her banner, flew it away uh, with your mask. You watched the seven burn a dragonstone and did nothing. She gave the father's justice to the fire and the mother's mercy and the wisdom of the crone. 
uh, to the fire. And he talks about the smith, the stranger, the maiden, the warrior. She burnt them all in the glory of her cruel god, da 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 So without a doubt, the main god that Davos is praying to is, is mother, and mother over and over and over. Yeah, so here's Sam in this chapter going too. So he wrapped his scarf over his nose and his mouth, but it was covered with snow, was snot now. And so stiff, he feared it must be frozen to his face. Even breathing was hard and the air was so cold it hurt to swallow it. Mother have mercy, he muttered in a hushed, husky voice beneath the frozen mask. Mother have mercy, mother have mercy, mother have mercy. With each prayer, he took another step dragging his legs through the snow mother have mercy mother have mercy mother have mercy and then davos is sitting on the island when the galley pulls up and says but no the mother sent her here the mother in her mercy she had a task for him stannis lives he knew then i have a king still and sons i have other sons and a wife loyal and loving how could he have forgotten the mother was merciful indeed Okay, and continuing here, so this is actually a really good parallel between these two. So then Sam thinks a little bit just here about his actual like mother saying like she can't hear me no more than the mother above. The mother was merciless. All the septons agreed, but the seven had no power beyond the wall. There, uh, This was where the old gods ruled, the nameless gods of the trees and the wolves and the, the wolves and the snows. Mercy, he whispered, then to whatever might be listening, old gods or new or demons too, Oh, mercy, mercy me, mercy me. Uh, Maslin screamed for mercy. Why had he suddenly remembered that? It was nothing he wanted to remember. The man had stumbled backwards, dropping his sword, pleading, yielding, even yanking off his thick black glove and thrusting it up before him as if it were a gauntlet. He was still shrieking for a quarter as the white lifted him in the air by the throat and near ripped the head off of him. The dead have no mercy left in them and the others... No, I mustn't think of that. Don't think, don't remember. Just walk, just walk, just walk. Sobbing, he took another step. And this is interesting because he's saying <laughs> that he's not in the land of the seven. He's talking about the old gods. And one of the things I've always talked about is how I feel like all of the gods, the religions, is actually like one thing. And they just interpret it differently. But I just had a really, this is crackpot. So feel free to ignore me, folks. Yeah. This is too far gone for y'all. Dude, what if the others are gods could be like the, the true children of like deities. And that's why the red God and Melisandre is opposing the Lord of light is opposing because this is like the actual old gods, like descendants. Dude, wouldn't that yeah. Be no, uh, that, no, that, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be wild. And some of Greek mythology includes that. Um, when you talk about like the gods dying and, and stuff like that and like new gods coming in. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, I wouldn't say that George wouldn't count, wouldn't count any of that out. I, I just, I was just thinking because the big part about this chapter and the thing that me and you've been harping on for many months now is just that the others are more than zombies, right? Like there's, yes. there's a lot more to them and they seem Wait. to have mystical properties and, what if they are some tied to the former gods? You know what I'm saying? Like, and that would give direct reasoning why the Lord of Light would want to oppose the descendants of another god, possibly. I don't know. I know it's a tinfoil, but no, that I that's not tinfoil at all. Now I have I do have a question for you here. So we know that George talks about writing as a gardener, where he he is writing stuff like it's not like this chapter, yeah. then this chapter, then 
Do you think, I mean, it's start, it's seeming to me just from you reading that. Do you think he wrote these chapters back to back or side by side? I mean, very likely. Uh, we know he, he will plow through POVs at time at a time and then kind of figure out the timeline and piece them together, then go back and rework. And because I mean, the similar, the similarities between what you and I just read in those passages is almost word for word identical. Yeah. And, and you know what? Someone listening to this might say, guys, it's the main religion in Westeros. Of course, they're saying the same thing. And to that, I would say, Hey, that might be true, but actually that's great writing. Like that shows how, you know, how me and you, you know, right. being in America and being, you know, of, of right. a certain religion, right? Basically. Exactly. Yeah. We would say, oh, you know, oh, Jesus, we both would say that. Right. Or maybe right. if we were in trouble, oh, Jesus, please no. You know, so in, in some ways, even if it's nothing like we're, we're, you know, going too far, it's still great writing. Yeah, I would, uh, I guess the only, the only thing I would say to that is the seven don't aren't actually that are aren't this prevalent that often in the series that I can remember. I would say that's correct. Yeah. I mean, the set, the only there's a, there's a Catlin chapter where she's praying uh, about, you know, about her hoster when hoster Tully, when he's sick, she's, she's praying. But other than that, we don't really hear like the, we don't really see a lot of people. Like, it's always like I prayed to the old gods, but the, it's never this in detailed. Yeah. This detailed. That's right. Yeah. That's pretty rare actually. Yeah, this uh, and, and, you know, hey, there are two miraculous type things happening here that could be given to human will. But there's room for interpretation. And uh, isn't that kind of like life as well? Right. You survive mm -hmm. a deadly car accident. And you say, you know, somebody was watching my back. Some people walk away from it and go, ah, I was very lucky. <laughs> so yeah. it, it, there's room for interpretation from each individual character. The one thing I will I, I do think is interesting is that like Davos's character he doesn't become very pious like you would imagine with what he experienced. And he's saying like the mother has saved me. Sam is more so saying, I don't know what happened, but like, thank God I, I made it through. Whereas like Davos, I mean, he truly believes the mother intervened in his situation. He doesn't become pious, but he does take it as motivation to kill Melisandre. Right. <laughs> so, well, he, he, he's so. yeah, he is specifically dealing with like the faith, like and like or like not the faith, but right. uh, like religion. Yes. Whereas he Sam is, seeing, is dealing with like, uh, there's like scary things that be on the wall. He is seeing this priestess who is taking extreme measures to follow through on things that she believes are prophetic or real belief. And he's seeing the damage it's doing. Right. And he thinks that he may have been saved to oppose her. But I just think it's interesting. Like one thing I would like to see from Davos and a Davos POV is like more. And maybe we should look for this, but him thinking about the seven a little bit. more. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, I, I know it sucks that we don't get more Davos chapters or Davos chapters that frequently. Like they're pretty spaced out. Um, but that is that, and that is something to, uh, like you said, keep an eye on. So, really, actually, the next thing that happens to Sam here is uh, he gets saved. Back on your feet, Piggy. Someone growled at him as they went past, but Sam paid no mind. I'll just lie down in the snow and close my eyes. It wouldn't be so bad dying here. He couldn't possibly be any colder. Um, you know, then he starts thinking to himself, I won't be the first die. They can't say I was hundreds died in the fist. They died all around him. Shivering Sam released his grip on the tree and eased himself down into the snow. It was cold and wet. He knew, but he could scarcely feel it through all of his clothing. He stared upward at the pale white sky as snowflakes drifted down upon his eye, upon his stomach and his chest and his eyelids. The snow will cover me like a thick white blanket. It'll be warm under the snow. And if they speak of me, they'll have to say, I died a man of the night's watch. I did. I did. I did my duty. 
No one can say I forswore myself. I'm fat, I'm weak, I'm craven, but I did my duty. So he has stopped taking steps uh, at this point. Um, the Ravens had been his responsibility. That was why they had brought him along. He didn't want to go. He told them. So he told them what a big coward he was. But Maester Eamon was very old and blind besides, so they had no one to send uh, to tend the Ravens but Sam. The Lord Commander had given him his orders when they made their camp. You're no fighter. We both know that, boy. If it happens that we're attacked, don't go trying to prove yourself otherwise. You'll just get in the way. You're to send a message. And don't come running to ask what the letter should say. Write it at yourself and send one bird to Castle Black and the other to the Shadow Tower. So again, I don't care if you're too if you're so scared you foul your breeches. I don't care if a thousand wildlings are coming over the walls howling for your blood. You get those birds off, or I swear I'll I swear I'll hunt you through the seven hells and make you a damn damn sorry that you didn't. It's uh it's rough being Sam, by the way. I mean, my God, we get it. He's he's a little overweight. Can we can we can we not just constantly call him Piggy and fat? Like it's so absurd. <laughs> but I do think George is playing something here from the perspective of the what he's writing. We have to remember that Sam has been uh, verbally abused his entire life, and he thinks of himself in this image. Like Sam isn't one of those guys. Like I'm going to show them one day. He is not that character. He is very much like they're all right about me. This is who I am, and he does have a level of comfort in it. I think where he's like, I've endorsed the fact that I'm a coward and I am, uh, you know, slightly overweight. And I, I, so I do think like when I was first reading this today, not the first time, but reading this again, I was like, George, lay off the kid a little bit. But looking at it from that perspective. That's what Sam well, I, he, I mean, he really level. He really lays into Sam into this one. And I think the whole purpose is just like Mormont said, you know, I you're not you're not going to be a hero and don't try to don't even try to be one. Don't pretend you're one because at the end, mm -hmm. he is the hero. That's the whole deal about yes. this chapter is he is. You, they, yeah, he makes he makes it seem that Sam is the single most unlikely person in all of the realm. Westeros, Essos. Planetos, the whole deal. <laughs> the Unitos, he's, whatever. He's, he's the <laughs> most unlikely person to take down a White Walker. But you know what? He did it. He does it. Yeah. He put down this <laughs> mystical ice warrior at the end of this. And I mean, just, ah, man, I love Sam. I love him so much. Yeah, so so it it continues here too, and then it kind of goes uh, back a little bit too. You think about the ravens were his responsibility. Um, the horned blue Sam had been sleeping. He thought he was dreaming at first, but then he opens his eyes and snow was falling on the camp. And the black brothers were all grabbing bows and spears and running towards the ring wall. Chet was the only one nearby. Maester Eamon's old steward with the face full of boils and the big wen on his neck. Sam had never seen so much fear in a man's face as when he saw Chet when that third blast came moaning from the trees. Help me get the birds off, he pleaded. But the other stewards had turned and run off dagger in hand. He has the dogs to care for, you know. Um, he's thinking about all of these things. His fingers have been so clumsy. The ravens were shrieking. <laughs> Two more escaped before Sam could catch one. And when he did, it pecked through his glove. You know, I mean, it's just getting worse and worse. I'll tell you what it horn. is. It's the horror movie when they can't get the keys in the damn door. And you're like, exactly. you idiot, just put the keys in the door. It's the same thing. Yeah. The <laughs> war horn had fallen silent by them, but the fist rang with the shouted commands of clattered steel. Fly. Sam tossed 
Sam called as he tossed the raven into the air. The birds in the shower, shadow tower cage were screaming and fluttering about so madly that he was afraid to open the door, but he made himself do it anyway. This time he caught the first raven that tried to escape. A moment later, it was clawing its way through the falling snow, bearing word of attack. His duty done, he finished dressing with clumsy, frightened fingers, donning his cap and surcoat and hooded cloak and buckling on his sword belt, buckling it real tight so it wouldn't fall down. This is like he's remembering what happened. Now, we already know eh, it's still falling down because that's where he was you know, at, the, at, the, at the beginning of the chapter. <laughs> so it just kind of it kind of goes back here. Um, so, you know, the Lord Commander said I wasn't to rush the ring while he recalled, but I said I shouldn't come running to him either. Sam took a deep breath and realized he did not know what to do next. He remembers turning in a circle, lost, the fear growing inside of him. There were dogs barking, horses trumpeting, but the snow muffled the sounds and made them seem far away. You know, could the torches have gone out? That was too scary to think about. The horn blew thrice. That means others. So, I mean, it's like, you know, it's just real freaking scary here for Sam. It's all happening all at once. Yeah, and George R. R. Martin does such a good job of setting atmosphere in these type of scenes. Um, I recently just read two short stories, really novellas, uh, by George R. R. Martin, and that is so consistent throughout all of his stories, whether it's a song based on fire or not. The dude gets horror for sure. Um, by the way, folks, totally recommend you check out Sand Kings. It's forty pages, and it's one of the best short stories I've ever read. It's phenomenal, and it's by George R. R. Martin. You you can actually read it online for free. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Highly recommend it. Hi, it won a Hugo in 1980 for the best no- novelette. Um, so. Okay, so that's what that's is it about Dorn? Uh, no, it is. <laughs> it is. I thought it was going to be a Dune ripoff because it's sci-fi, and I was like, Sand Kings. Like, is he going to do right. something like little, little short story about Dune? No, it's nothing like that. Well, I mean, he wrote the Ice Dragon around that time too, and that's you know. I mean, he uh, and he won a Hugo for that as well, I believe, for children's story, if I'm not mistaken. So he was on a roll in the 80s, folks. And, you know, he didn't write a song by his fire to the 90s, which is crazy. Matt, that's your homework for next week. I want okay. you I'll... to read. It's 40 pages. And there's I'll an audio. Yeah, I'll read it. YouTube. There's an audio. Okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. Just remind me. Remind me to, so to, good, to read it. So uh, it's kind of continuing on here. Uh, and really, they're just setting the scene like they're getting attacked. Right. Um, you know, he's thinking, he's thinking to himself, if I have to die, let me die beside my friends. He remembered thinking, but all the men around him were strangers, shadow tower men under the command of some ranger named Blaine. Here they come. Heard, he heard a brother say notch said Blaine and 20 black arrows were pulled from as many quivers and notched as a bowsprings. God be goods. There were hundreds of voice said draw Blaine said, and then he said, and then hold Sam could not see. Uh, and did not want to see the men of the night's watch stood behind their torches waiting with arrows pulled back to their ears as something came up that dark slippery slope through the snow hold blaine said again hold hold and then loose the arrows whispered as they flew first of all let me say this up until this point all we ever see about the night's watch is that these people are like thieves yeah murderers rapers terrible but right here, they are the men of the Night's Watch. They're <laughs> you know what I mean? staring down, Asian. staring, staring down the you know the others and and zombies, and they are defending. The, they are quite literally right now the shield that guards the realm of men. You know that is a good point though, and that all of this like training and what they go through actually ends up mattering. You know what I'm saying? Like even though they are a bunch of degenerates. Um, you know, like you said, they're, they're women abusers, they're thieves, they're crooks. Um, you know, 
I, it is something to see them kind of shed that uh, reputation and become something bigger um, and, and really fight against like this insurrection. Yeah. Absolutely. So the arrows whispered as they flew. A ragged cheer went up from the men along the ring wall, but it died quickly. They're not stopping, my lord. More, you know, gods have mercy. You know, that it sort of keeps coming. Um, and Sam is thinking about this as he's laying in the snow, right? So he's laying in the snow and he's thinking like back to all of this. So he's like, even colder now, the snow feels almost warm. I feel better now. A little rest was all I needed. Maybe in a little while, I'll be strong enough to walk again in a, you know, in a, in a little while. Um, and then this is where it gets kind of crazy. A horse stepped past his head, a shaggy gray beast with the snow with snow in its mane and hooves crusted with ice. Sam watched it come and watched it go. Another appeared out from the falling snow with a man in black leading it. When he saw Sam in his path, he cursed him and led the led the horse around. I wish I had a horse, he thought. If I had a horse, I could keep going. I could sit and even sleep some in the saddle. Um, most of their mounts had been lost in the fist. Uh, in the fist, though, and those that remained carried their food, their torches, and their wounded. Sam wasn't wounded, only fat and weak, the greatest craven in the Seven Kingdoms. Again, right? Continuing mm -hmm. to lay into him. Just George really, him. really setting the scene. He's not, he's like a terrible person. Then, you know, and he, there's a couple other times too when he was thinking back to the mother, Mercy. He thinks back to his family here. He thinks about it again. He was such a coward. Lord Randall, his father, had always said so. Uh, and he had been right, you know. So they just kind of sort of go into Sam's backstory a little bit here. Um, as it continues, you know, as it continues on, you know, he's thinking about his dad knows it, you know, why should he care? A coward's not worth weeping over. Like if he were to die, you know, the old bear knew it too, you know, mm -hmm. and then, and then it, then it cuts back to what was happening with the messages, fire arrows, the Lord commander roared that night on the, on the fist, you know, he's saying, Tarly, get out of here. Your place is with the Ravens. He says, I got the messages away, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I got them good. Mormon shoulder, uh, Raven. Mormon on Mormon's shoulder, his raven echoed, Good, good. So, you know, that's something to think about. Too. Yeah, I was we trying to look at the something. raven's speech here and I didn't find anything. Like, yeah, the, yeah I was like, Oh, there's not, I, I couldn't make any connections with it. Yeah. Um, so he's thinking here too, maybe I should have written the message ahead of time so we can get the bird's way as fast as needed, but he didn't know what he was, you know, what, what, what would be right. So it just kind of, a lot of this started continuing about like them getting attacked and stuff like that. Um, now there is a piece in there where a, uh, it seems like a zombie bear attacks and it's unclear whether or not Sam is misinterpreting what's happening with the bear. Like he says, it might be a bear. It might be a giant. Like he's like confused, but I thought it was interesting that we might've had a visual of a dead bear coming, you know, and fighting whenever, uh, the old bear Lord commander Mormont is about to die in the next Samuel. Oh yeah. And I was like, is that foreshadowing? Is that him? Like he's not sure if he saw a dead bear or not. And then it's actually Mormont. Like that's foreshadowing for Mormont dying in a little bit. Oh, that is kind of interesting. I, had, I guess I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. And then I went one step further and I was like, whoa, what if Mormont ends up being a white? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's too far. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's happening, but um, well, it could. It could. Um, so uh, kind of continues here. I'm going to skip uh, quite a bit ahead here because it's just sort of, yeah, like you said, a giant, bloody huge, a bear, dead wildlings and a giant or maybe a bear on, on us all around. Whites are over the ring wall fighting inside the camp. 
Uh, Lord Commander, more Lord Commander Mormont is meeting them with fire. We've won. We're winning. Um, we're trapped on the fist, hard pressed. Like he, you know, he's thinking about what he's writing and everything. Um, Sam wrote the battle's lost. We're all lost. Like so it sounds like he's just frantically writing. He does like, eh, does he know? What to, like, doesn't he know what to say? Um, so as it kind of continues here, um, you know, why must he remember the fight at the the fist? He didn't want to remember. Not that he tried to make himself remember his mother or his little sister Tala or that girl Gilly at Craster's Keep. Somebody was shaking him on the shoulder. Get up. A voice said, Sam, you can't go to sleep here. Get up and keep walking. I wasn't asleep. I was remembering. Go away, he said. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, his words frosting in the cold air. I'm well. I want to rest. Get up. Gren's voice, harsh and husky. He loomed over Sam, his black, uh, his black crusty with blacks crusty with snow. There's no resting. The old bear said, you'll die. Um, so now we have Gren here who's coming to save him and some of the other men of the Night's Watch. Um, so continuing on here, right? Uh, you know, you'll freeze. The others will get you, Sam. The others will get you, Sam. Get up the night before they left the wall. Pip had teased Gren the way he did, you know, and they're just sort of thinking back to some of that, too. Um, but then he does think about uh, John here a little bit. So, you know, um, Sir Alistair Thorne had, had called him Aurochs the same way that Sam, Sir Piggy, and John Lord Snow. But he had always treated Sam nice enough. That's only because of John, though. If it weren't for John, none of them would have liked me. And now John was gone, lost in the scrolling past with Horton Halfhand, most likely dead. Sam would have cried for them, but those tears would only freeze as well. And he could scarcely keep his eyes open now. Yeah, and, and remembering John, right? Our only other POV we've had at the Night's Watch, really. Yeah. So, um, so, so Gren comes over. Gren comes over and saves him. He's basically getting Sam to his feet. Um, you know, they're trying to lift up. You're too bloody heavy. Grand, you know, jammed his hands into Sam's armpits uh, and say, hey, no man left behind at the night. That's stage. right. That's right. Hey, okay. and it's, it's, this is a brotherhood. I mean, they're showing some camaraderie here. This is important stuff. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. Our last chapter was about the brotherhood without banners. And now here we are. The nice watch. And really, when it comes down to it, it's all about this, like smaller communities within this big country. Right. And yeah. how those things and taking care of each other, they're all fighting a war. They're just all fighting different ones. Yeah. So, um, you know, continuing on here, we run, we, we see small Paul, right? A face loom, loomed close, a broad, brutal face with a flat nose and small, dark eyes and a thicket of coarse brown beard. He'd seen that face before, but it, it took him a while to remember Paul, small Paul. Melting ice ran down his uh, down into his eyes from the heat of the torch. Can you carry him? I carried a calf once that was heavier than him. I carried him down to his mother so he could get a drink of milk. Sam's head bobbed up and down with every step. So small Paul's got him. He's carrying him. Mm-hmm. Aaron impressive Sam, also, honestly right right which is really strong right so that should sort of put you back into the you know mind mindset of he could in fact be related to duncan the tall right yeah um i love that Dun so much right yeah but duncan duncan was carrying you know like a a lord's wife upstairs is what, what happened here small paul's got to carry sam so i mean dunk definitely got the better of it uh in 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 that comparison here so but Sam is just saying, like, he's so tired. He's so cold. You know, just let me die is what he's saying. You know, be quiet, Sam. Save your strength. Think about your sisters and brother. Um, you know, then he's thinking about, you know, songs he's got. Right. Sam knew 100 songs. Like, just think about a Sam song. How about the bear and the maiden fair? That makes a, a reappearance here. Speaking um, of know, uh, repetition, right? Right. Also, 
uh, Bear, Bear and the Maiden Fair, right? Uh, mm-hmm. does, and Small Paul is the one carrying Sam, and Sam's thinking about that song. That kind of ties into Dunk, Duncan Egg as well, too. Um, so the you know the bear that had come up with the fist had no hair left on its rotted flesh. He didn't want to think about bears. No songs. Think about your ravens then. You know they were never mind. They're the Lord Commanders, ravens of the the ravens of the Night's Watch. Um, so it kind of continues on here, and I'm just going to kind of skip like way ahead here because that's mostly what uh, is happening here. And he's just sort of just I don't know. It's almost like he's just delirious. Well, and yes. he's also, if you notice, he's trying to find reasons not to hang on. He's trying to, he's, he doesn't have yes. an identity. Sam, Sam has nothing that he takes like pride in or stands up for really. Uh, the only thing that we see kind of in his recollection is he seems like he has a, a vast amount of respect for John, uh, even more so than old bear. So I think that's what this is. It's Sam trying to find any excuse to truly give up and uh, they won't let him. So whenever he was at his weakest and actually ready to lay down and go to sleep, his brothers picked him up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a good point. So I'm going to skip kind of way ahead here, kind of t- to the end because uh, it doesn't re- not, it's kind of a lot of the, the same stuff here. Um, but here we, here we go. So there's uh, quite a bit away here. Um, who goes there? A horse's head emerged from the dark. This is, they're all kind of riding together. A horse's head emerged from the darkness. Sam felt a moment's relief until he saw the horse. Hoarfrost covered it like a sheen of frozen sweat and a nest uh, a nest of stiff black entrails dragged from its open belly. On its back was a rider pale as ice. Sam made a whimpery sound deep in his throat. He was so scared he might have pissed himself all over again, but the cold was in him. A cold so savage that his bladder felt frozen solid. The other slid gracefully from the saddle to stand up on the snow. Sword slim it uh, sword slim it was and milky white its armor rippled and shifted as it moved and its feet did not break the crust of the new fallen snow small paul un- unslung the long uh, hafted axe stripped across his back why'd you hurt my that horse a that was malway's horse sam groped for the hilt of his sword but the scabbard was empty he had lost it on the fist he remembered too late get away gren took a step thrusting the torch out before him away or you burn he poked at it with the flames the other sword gleamed with a faint blue glow it moved toward gren lightning quick slashing when the ice blue blade brushed the flames a screech stabbed sam's ear sharp as a needle now remember that's the second time we've heard that with the with the others is that there's also this like screeching sound that comes along with them. Like remember when they're fighting, go all the way back to the Game of Thrones prologue. It says when their swords hit, it like a, made us as like this screeching sound. Yes, and needle, which Arya has. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we well, yeah. So um, the head of the torch tumbled sideways to vanish beneath a dr- a deep drift of snow. The fire snuffed out all at once, and all Gren had was a short wooden stick. He flung it at the other, cursing, and Small Paul charged at it with his axe. The fear that filled Sam then was worse than any fear he'd ever felt before, and Samuel Tarly knew every type of fear. Mother, have mercy, he wept, forgetting the old gods in his terror. Father, protect me. His fingers found his dagger, and he filled his hand with that. The whites had been slow, clumsy thing, but the other was light as snow on the wind. It slid away from Paul's axe, armor rippling, and its crystal sword twisted and spun 
then slip between the iron rings of Paul's mail through leather and through wool and bone and flesh. And it came out the back with a hiss. So, I mean, that's like in pretty insane power. Oh, yeah. I mean, th this is the thing is like these aren't just like, you know, even the White Walkers in the show that were like personalities, like the head guys, like I don't feel like they had this like magical element to them, like the, not the same, at least. Right. We're right. talking about them. They're, they're riding their horse. They got this like magical armor on uh, and their swords are very significant uh, in both the prologue and here. Right. Um, yeah, it's crystal sword twisted and spun and slipped between the iron rings of his mail going through wood, bone and flesh and came out the backs. I mean, that's like an insane amount of force to yes. that. These that these this, I mean, to for I mean, obviously, it's like magical qualities and stuff like that too but i mean for ice to pierce through all of that that's like pretty insane mm -hmm. um so it says impaled his blood smoking around the sword the big man tried to reach his killer with his hands and almost had almost had before he fell the weight of him tore the strange pale sword from the other's grip uh do it now stop crying and fight you baby fight craven it was his father he heard. It was Alistair Thorne. It was his brother, Dickon, the boy, uh, Rast, Craven, Craven, Craven. He giggled hysterically, wondering if they would make a white of him, a huge fat white always tipping over its own dead feet. Do it, Sam. Was it John now? John was dead. You can do it. You can do it. Just do it. And then he was stumbling forward, falling more than running, really closing his eyes and shoving the dagger blindly out before him with both hands. He heard a crack like the sound ice makes when it breaks beneath a man's foot. And then a screech so shrill and sharp that he that he went staggering backward with his hand over his muffled ears and fell hard on his arse. When he opened his eyes, the other's armor was running down its legs in uh, rivulets as pale as blue blood hissed and steamed around the black dragon glass dagger in its throat. It reached down with two bone white hands to pull out the knife, but where its fingers touched the obsidian, they smoked. Sam rolled onto his side, eyes wide as the other shrank and puddled, dissolving away in 20 heartbeats. It's Flesh was gone, swirling away like a fine white mist. Beneath the were bones like milk glass, pale and shiny, and they were melting too. Finally, only the dragon glass dagger remained, wreathed in steam as if it were alive and sweating. Gren bent to scoop up, up and flung it down again at once. Mother, that's cold. Obsidian, Sam struggled to his knees. Dragon glass, they call it. Dragon glass. Dragon glass. He giggled and cried and doubled over to heave his courage out of the snow. Gren pulled Sam to his feet, checked small Paul for a pulse and closed his eyes, then snatched up the dagger again. This time he was he was able to hold it. You keep it, Sam said. You're not Craven like, like me. So Craven, you killed an other. Gren pointed with the <laughs> knife. Look there through the trees. Pink light. Dawn, Sam. Dawn. That must be east. If we head that way, we should. We should catch Mormont, if you say. Sam kicked his left foot against a tree to knock off the snow, then the right. I'll try. Grimacing, he took a step. I'll try harder, and then another. Honestly, 10 out of 10 chapter. So good. It's, the ending <laughs> is is massive. I mean, this is one of the very few times we can count on like one hand where we see an other proper. This is and, like it. I yeah. Mean, it's like 
this and the prologue <laughs> and yeah yeah and sam the slayer right i mean this is a the dawning of a whole new chapter for sam and showing us the reader who was introduced i think you're meant to get a little annoyed by sam in this i think it, it's purposely repetitious uh to to drive this home and to make us doubt him and maybe even cheer against him a little bit but he does give us the biggest glimmer of hope we have against this existential threat and it also uh, adds to the mystery of the white walkers uh, and exactly what's going on there because clearly they are intelligent and they have their whole, they have a whole thing going on up North that we don't know about yet. And we still don't know about, but dragon glass, dragon glass, dragon glass. Uh, we know that uh, the small folk or the normal people think that it's made from dragons while maesters say it comes from the fires of the earth. Uh, it is sharper than normal blades like of steel, but it's far more brittle. And it's also used to make the glass candles, which the Valyrians were big fans of. And let us not forget that the Valyrians also had volcanoes, uh, you know, kind of the fires of the earth going all around and, and kind of harvested that energy. It seems that's, that's kind of what Valyria feels like. And the doom is probably them overdoing it. Uh, that's my speculation, at least. There's also a big faceless man theory that I love. So I just, there's so much there, dude. There's so much there in that final couple paragraphs uh, that will one day, hopefully when the series is finished, we'll come back to it and be like, oh, wow, Sam was the first one to kind of put this together. Yeah, you know, so there's definitely some interesting things here. So in the show, when they kill, anytime a White Walker is killed, or you see them, there's, there's two White Walkers that John kills, um, both of which he kills with uh, Valyrian Steel Sword, Longclaw. Um, they just, and then Arya, when Arya kills the Night King, they just shatter, right? This mm -hmm. is a little different here, too. I mean, that does sort of happen, but Sam talks about how when it's killed, it like melts, like as if as if it is like it's just been touched with like the it's almost like if you watch one of those videos on YouTube where some people take like, you know, ice and they just stick like I mean, like like super hot metal on top of it and just like melts all the way through. I mean, that's what it sounds like is happening to like the bones, the armor, all of it. Yeah, and and. It's not even like, oh, it, it it sounds like it vanishes, like it legitimately vanishes. It's like so, it ceases to exist. Yeah, it, it's like you're banned from the world. I mean, it is it is magical. There's no doubt. And George has actually been quoted saying, yes, it is like real obsidian, but it has magical elements like he is. He's basically right. said, like, my world does have some magic, believe it or not. And this is one of those elements that does. So uh, there's something crazy going on here. I also saw a, a uh, in the history tab on a wiki of ice and fire, it says, during the Doom of Valyria, red clouds rain down dragon glass and the black blood of demons. So, what's that all about? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, they could could be connected too. So, there's also there's also um, sometimes there are things that are referred to as dragon steel, like that is different than like Valyrian. I mean, it probably is Valyrian steel, but mm -hmm. so there's like there's dragon glass which is like obsidian, then there's some things that are turned to as like dragon steel or like total. It's just like there are. So sometimes you'll see that, especially in like world of ice and fire, you'll see that you'll see it listed as you'll see things specifically called dragon steel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so definitely some, a lot of like interesting to, to, to here looking at it, um, you know, beneath the bones were milk glass pale beneath were bones. So, I mean, they have bones, right? They have armor too. That's another thing. The, the white walkers that we see in the show are just like guys in blue with armor. Yeah. And know? some of them have like, like random armor, but this, it's this just regular has, it's like, it has like, it's like ice armor. Yeah. So think of it more of like, 
I don't even know. I well, mean, it sounds like it's ri- has a rippling effect too, like almost like a magical shield type shimmer. Thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. shimmer. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way of putting it. I mean, that that is what it it's described as in the book. So we're dealing with a whole other level of like magic to them, not just being zombies, right? Yeah. And so you wonder, I guess the, the thing that is kind of interesting is how does Sam actually attack it? Because I mean, it, it's so fast that it it was able the the one we see fight Waymar Royce was so fast that it's able to just like sidestep his attacks, and that's like somebody who's trained and all this stuff. And then it just does it just like think what is happening here? And it just, and by Red's just mind them off guard, or yeah, I mean that's if by Red's mind and and he saw his nature and was like, you know, I'm about to go take out this other big guy instead, right? Exactly. Maybe. Like I'm going to like, yeah, exactly. It didn't, it didn't. So that's another thing too, where it's, it's not this I keep trying to heart, like heart home the, the difference between like a white and a white Walker, like the whites are just, they're just pretty much zombies. You want to know my crazy theory about all this, Matt? What's that? Are you ready? Yeah. You know why he, he ended up killing small Paul. Cause it knows it's related to cold hands. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's right. That's I. Oh, what if? So? Yeah. What if it chose small Paul over Sam? Everybody. Well, obviously, small Paul also went to attack it, but just let me have fun. Uh, maybe he said, "Hey, that looks like Cold Hands, who is Sir Doctor Hall, and a uh, you know great 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 grandfather or whatever it might be to Small Paul." Yeah, possibly saw him as a threat. Could know. be. Um, yeah, you know, there there could be. We also don't know if Small Paul. Well, we don't know if Small Paul is dunk, but we think so. Uh, that's most most by far the most likely candidate. We don't really know how powerful Cold Hands is. Cold Hands. Yeah, we really don't. Yeah, like maybe Cold Hands is what the White Walk. Maybe Cold Hands is what the Children of the Forest were hoping to achieve when they made the. If they made the White Walkers. We, in the show verse, we know they did. In the book verse, that might not be the case. It, it seems, I, I think there's still a good possibility that, because that'd be kind of like the whole reason why the children are working against them. Um, well, and th- there's another thing to consider. the children But it is possible still that they are their own thing. Yeah, it could be a totally own thing. But what I will say is this. It, it's almost a giveaway that it is the children of the forest that made them here. Because the children of the forest used obsidian and, and dragon glass for or weapons in the wars of the first men. And they, right. they knew this because a maester found in an old um, rib cage obsidian arrowheads. And like there's actually some facts to this, right? That they, they right. know that the children of the forest use obsidian. So if you were going to create a nuclear threat, essentially, to the planet, you would want them to be weak to your weapons, right? Because that's right. how you. So maybe that's the giveaway. Yeah, hmm. it'd be like, you know, yeah, it's it's kind of like here. We'll give you guys guns, but we have all the bulletproof vests. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly not what I'm that, saying. Not the bulletproof vests stop everything, but right. just as it, a, it's, as a, it's a, a fine as a sort of example. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, you know, the, yeah. So the, the other thing real quick, I just don't want to skip, skip over this, is that Sam is getting all of this stuff, too. Like, you can do it. You can do it. Like, mm-hmm. do it, Sam. John, like, all of this stuff. Like, you, now you're the kind of thing. And, you know, the funny thing about that, not that they're related, but it does immediately jump to Small Paul, right? Uh, in every Dunkin' Egg story, 
<laughs> and every every dunk and egg story kind of goes in the almost like the exact same way too and that dunk is also in his own way like kind of the unlikely hero is so you could almost say it's like the, the torch is being passed um and we said dunk is like <laughs> except like like dunk dunk and sam are actually the, the polar opposite whereas One, one's naturally like, gifted <laughs> yeah dunk like dunk is super big and strong but like not kind of sure as sure of himself and kind of dumb like just like he's in general just kind of dumb he's like whereas like the wall i'd say exactly like sam is the opposite sam is actually like really smart like yeah. really smart but he like like you know so it's kind of in some instances dunk has confidence but he doesn't so but anyway the parallel is in every Dunkin' egg story dunk is about to lose like he's about to die he's about to lose and he always hears egg in the background. Get up, sir. You have to get up. Every story has that yeah. um, where Dunk is like fighting somebody and he's and he's about to die. And he hears it like the best. The one I like the most. I mean, it's it's good in the Hedge Knight, but it's way better in the Sworn Sword where he's fighting uh, was it Lucas Longinch or Long, whatever his name is. Um, but they're fighting in the river and like Dunk is like almost being drowned. And like as he's like his head's bobbing and stuff like that, like he hears egg like on one of the seconds where his head bobs up, like you have to get up, sir. And then like he doesn't you don't even dunk almost like kills him without him really knowing what's happening because it's all kind of a thing. And that's kind of like the same thing that's happening here, where Sam's like about to die and through whatever he's hearing John like you have to do it. Yeah, the, the human connection is congruent through a lot of these these stories right even jamie and brienne to, to a certain degree i think that you could probably apply some of this to that as well and that's why i always say that george is writing heroic fantasy it's just from a different perspective than, than what we were used to it uh, at this point in the genre so the people who just you know laud the nihilistic label at the series just they haven't they haven't read it right <laughs> to be honest yeah. like that, that's inspiring stuff you know if i'm getting drowned I, I hope i can hear you in my head matt hey I'm, I try to be as inspirational as possible. You know? Jimmy, get up. I can't yeah, do the have, podcast you, alone. <laughs> you have to get up, Jimmy. You know, you'll be you'll, next time when you, you know, when you're done with staph infection, you can go to jujitsu again. All right. And you can fight a black belt. Uh, hey, you have to get up. You've Jimmy's already had like, one co-host that died on you. You can't no, have another. Jimmy, Jimmy will be like, but I'm a, what belt are you? And I'm a purple belt. I'm a purple. Okay. Belt. Yeah. Blue belts are like real hardcore, aren't they? Well, it's uh, it's white. I mean, it's like blue, blue blues or black. But like, oh, I thought blue belts are pretty legit. No, they're 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 they just stuck around. That's all that. Anyone can oh. get a blue belt. Yeah, purple What's belt or black. Uh, brown, purple, brown, black. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, brown, well, brown belts. Are, I mean, a brown belt in jujitsu is probably pretty hardcore, though, right? I mean, they're. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yes, yeah, so maybe when... if right now you're going to get some brown belt, I could be like, you have to get up. You know, you gotta. Hey. Hey, uh, not to brag on myself, but I have tapped out two black belts before. Just saying. Okay, there we go. I'm just saying, right. you know, we don't keep okay. track in, in the gym, but I, I did. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I, I would too. So anyway, yeah, same, same, same type of, you know, same type of thing here. So there is one, there's one other uh, little, little thing here too. Um, one also like, uh, well, two things. One is mother that's cold. So he does say, like, you know, to the mother, right? Oh, that's cold um, when he goes to pick up the thing. Uh, and then the other one is. Uh, as he's look through the trees, pink light dawn. 
So the connection to Dawn, perhaps, being Ooh. the thing. And also the pink light, you know, specifically pink is the sigil of house. Dane, and they have the sword, Dawn. So and there's like right. the fat pink mast. Pink mast. Yeah, Sam's wiener. Whenever he ends up having oh, the same Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he doesn't hook up with Gilly in the books, does he? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. He pulls out the no, fat he pink on mask. the boat. On the boat. Yes, he does. Yeah. He yeah, pulls yeah, out yeah. the fat pink mask, yes, my friend. Yes, yes, he does. Oh, All that's right. the best. That's the best thing I've ever done on this podcast. I could retire. Well, okay, okay. There Your face. <laughs> I was kidding. Jesus. <laughs> Mother, mother, have mercy. Get this man and extends <laughs> hymns. Okay, they were a sponsor for a couple of weeks. All right, we're looking at hymns. If you want to sponsor us again, we're we're here for it. <sighs> but anyway, uh, the pink light and dawn house Dane. So there is like that connection as well. Which is just, I think, I don't know that it's like, oh, you know, like yeah. a big, I think it's just kind of a little more subtle hint George is doing there. Yeah, I would agree. And it, it, it is a cool connection. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, well, that, I mean, that's it. Jimmy, any, any other thoughts on this chapter here before we. No, I'm just going to think about the fat pink mask. Now you're thinking, now you're thinking about Sam's fat pink mask. I got wiener on the brain, man. Well, I mean, Gilly, obviously, well, I mean, Gilly's only been with two people. Craster and, and Sam. And a Craster and Sam. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So um, let me see here. And again, hey, by the way, uh, we asked for it last time. But and so next time we'll be in Tyrion. By the way, if you guys want to share your thoughts like beforehand, shoot us those emails at btkcast yeah. at gmail.com and we'll read your guys' uh, comments. But otherwise, I, I do have some comments here just from like the Reddit and stuff like that of uh, people who've, who've read it and uh, things they sort of said. Um, you know, um, let me get some things pulled up here. Somebody, I remember somebody saying they thought this was also the best uh, chapter that they had read. But, uh, you know, so Sam's one of my favorite characters. I really like the repetition of the sentence sobbing. Sam took another step. It made me feel like I was walking with him. It's such a it's like such a despairing chapter. His freezing walk, the way he gives up his gives gives up entirely and just wants to die a little but is picked up by a man who dies just a few pages later sam is one of the most lovable characters in the entire series um you know and you can see him grow in this chapter i think killing the other was the first time we see that do it now stop crying and fight you baby fight craven it was the father he heard it was alistair thorn it was his brother dickon the boy rast craven 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 he thinks of so he thinks of himself as a coward but when he shoved in a corner he came through and that paragraph just made me smile so much uh sam kicked up his left foot against a tree and knocked all the snow off then the right i'll try grimacing he took another step i'll try hard and then another yeah, there's also some some similarity too. You could say to the John chapter, you know, where like John thinks about like killing the boy. Oh like yeah, John has oh yeah has that running, and then our and then um like Daenerys be a dragon, right? And like Arya uses her inner monologue as well of like swift as water, right? So there's there's a lot of that like inner monologue here too with with Sam. Oh, my camera shut off. What? <laughs> I went there. Uh, 
Well, the long night is getting really long over here, so that's that's fine. We're 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 clo- we're closing up shop here. So, all right. Um, with that, uh, we can go ahead and say uh, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing a Storm of Swords Tyrion three. And if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com or bendthenepodcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember that winter is coming. And Jimmy quite literally took the black with his camera there. I, I, so I, I sure did. I sure did. Okay. <laughs> Not good. <laughs>